Hello and welcome to Strangers Shopping Strangers, podcast number 49. A big welcome back to anyone who's returning and thanks for stopping in to anybody who's new this week. Well, this week's podcast was another podcast I was able to make while I was in California in person last month. And I was so excited to get a chance to sit down, talk to, and get to know Rob Levitsky. Rob is someone who, anyone who is familiar with the dead scene in Northern California in the late 80s and to the 90s is familiar with because Rob is the man behind the Deddy Bear suit. I mean, do you recall the first time you saw him all lit up in his Deddy Bear costume, walking through the crowds with a lit torch? And did you ever wonder who he or she could be? And, uh, you know, what were they thinking? Well, on this podcast, we are going to get a chance to answer all those questions and more. It was only after attending my first East Coast Dead experience, which was the Dead and Company show in Worcester 2015, that I realized that Rob was a Bay Area phenomenon. When I was fortunate enough to be back at the Civic Center a month later in December 2015, and I saw him, it just immediately brought back all of the memories and the nostalgia of watching him navigate the shows, really every show that I ever experienced. I was so thrilled to meet him, and in fact, the artwork for today's podcast is a picture of us from that night. You know, Strangers Stopping Strangers, you know, was born to be a conversation from a deadhead with deadheads for deadheads. And Rob was really one of the first people I thought, God, I would love a chance to meet this guy and hear his stories. And after getting to know him, his stories really are the shows and his experiences are the shows. Rob shares his favorite memories as they relate to the music that was playing and the venue he was at and just the overall magic that was the Dead Shows. So, listeners, let's go back to the Bay Area, late 80s, well into the 90s, and enjoy the music through the eyes of the Deddy Bear, who was making all of us smile, smile, smile. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and enjoy. Well, Rob, welcome to Stranger Stopping Strangers. Thank you. This is uh, this is exciting because it's this is a in person uh, Stranger Stopping Strangers podcast interview. So thank you for welcoming me to your studio. Thank you. Very cool. I uh, I don't know where to start. I want to well your studio, your place here in Palo Alto. I mean it's it's kind of amazing, you know, where you live and, and, and what you've done. So let me talk a little bit about that, then we'll get into, uh, you know, some of the music and, uh, and what we're doing here. Well, the Grateful Dead started in Palo Alto. That's where Bob met Jerry at a music store when Jerry was um, teaching banjo back in the early 60s. So it's kind of nice to be here in Palo Alto and retracing some of the houses or at least knowing some of the houses they lived in um, at the time. My uh, involvement with the band started uh, with a college roommate in the 1970s and uh, my first Grateful Dead show was The Who and the Dead, 1976. And then I went to a lot of shows, enjoyed hanging out with friends, and then um, at the Mardi Gras shows in the 80s at, in Oakland, they used to have, they used to pick people out of the audience who were dressed up interestingly and Wavy Gravy would uh, find people during the first set. And so in the second set when they played Ico, he would uh, cue people up to go on dance on the stage with the band, walk across the front of the stage. And I decided um, I wanted to try to be in part of that. And having worked in electronics and with some LED projects, I made a little dancing bear that uh, I wore, about six inches by six inches, and Wavy Gravy liked it and uh, let me be part of the parade. So, uh, Ico Ico was a very important er song for me. And it grew from there. Uh, I wore this dancing bear thing a few times and got a lot of positive feedback. And 
made the suit a little bigger or made it into a suit and uh, got some fake bear fur and then I added a little spinning ball kind of a geodesic dome with uh, LEDs on it and spinning on a bearing and uh, that became my costume for the next uh, I don't know 30 years anyway uh, it was fun to walk around the Coliseum and people would uh, you know were usually happy to see me so long as I didn't stand in front of their uh, aisle for too long and block their view. Uh, but it got to be fun dancing to different songs uh, at different venues, mostly in the Bay Area. I didn't have to travel too much because they played here typically about once a month, which was pretty nice. One of my favorite shows was uh, at the Greek Theater, and uh, in particular I remember a, a very memorable Terrapin Station. Um, and I got to walk around and was right in front of uh, one of the pillars when Jerry was just at the climax of the song and I will certainly remember that for the rest of my life. Well, should we go ahead? We can play Terrapin Station. The uh, So this, this podcast is going to be a lot of the great music because, you know, Rob... When I first ran into you at Civic Center, I was so excited to see you. I have a, a picture of, of me and you and my friends. And, it, you know, it was one of those situations where you didn't think about something for so many years. And then you see it again and you get that, you know, familiar rush of, of coming home and the familiarity and, and the magic that you remembered from the concerts. And uh, so, yeah, and I'm, I'm just excited to get to sit down and get to know you and meet you because as a Bay Area girl in the late 80s and 90s, I mean, you were at every every show I was ever at, you know, looking looking uh, for you. So, so, yeah, we can go in and play the Terrapin and then, you know, just talk about the different songs and the different shows. Yeah. 
So I think the next one we'll talk about is um, a show that I used to be able to walk to from my house, uh, which are the shows at Frost Amphitheater at Stanford. Uh, they ran from 1982 to 1989, and so one of the um, songs I very much remember, these are daytime shows, so I'm not really too much in costume, but uh, towards the end of the show, it came out of drums and space into a song that Brent and uh, John Perry Barlow wrote called I Will Take You Home. And it was just uh, such a beautiful piano transition from uh, as space ended and the song uh, started. Well, Frost, you know, is, is special. I mean, we're here in Palo Alto, Frost. I mean, Frost to me remains the best venue I have ever been to, right? I mean, just small outdoor woods. I mean, just surrounded magic. by eucalyptus trees. And yeah, it's it's a grass amphitheater of grass steps. Yeah. Now my uh, my auntie Annie took us in '88, uh, so that was my yeah my earliest memory. So it always makes me my heart smile. Let's play the "I Will Take You Home," bring us back to Frost in '89, and then uh, we'll be back.
Well, we are back from listening to I Will Take You Home from Frost. And uh, before we started talking for this podcast, we wanted to pick out some songs. So kind of the idea of the songs were songs from genres, from places that, you know, that, that you remembered being just cool moments, cool dancing to. But as we just talked about, it's it's not really a specific set list. It's just a general time and place and feeling for you. So the next kind of selection, I'm going to try and get a couple songs in one show, was um, some good songs from Oakland Coliseum in the 1990s. Yeah, this was probably a venue I spent more time at than any others because they played regularly their, uh, you know, three set or three uh, run shows several times a year. And by the mid-90s, I was showing up at most of the shows and in costume with the lights, uh, dancing bear lights and the spinning ball. Uh, I would wander around the whole arena, down on the floor, on the aisles, up and down just about each aisle, going around the perimeter of the show. Uh, and some songs are more danceable than others, and one of the ones that was always get me dancing and really everybody in the building was uh, Uncle John's band. Just the the intro to that and uh, it's such a lively feel to it and um, I can very well remember going along the um, the walkways towards the stage and uh, sometimes when Jerry was singing and he didn't have as much responsibility for looking at his fingers he would look out at the crowd and I'd see his uh, eyes kind of track me as I moved towards the stage. So that's one of my favorite memories is the Uncle John's. Also, one of the same shows was um, a slower song, which is beautiful, called Stella Blue, which uh, I would do a lot of kind of going up up the aisles in a circle, and uh, as Jerry would be playing towards the end of the song, I'd be just spinning and slowly walking upstairs uh, up one of the aisles and looking down. and. Uh, I could also feel a lot of the eyes of people in the auditorium on me uh, in some of the passages of Stella Blue. So those two are particular memories, strong memories for me. Well, we are going to go back to Oakland Coliseum now and play both Uncle John's band and Stella Blue. We're talking about the memories and the songs, but to be honest, I've yet to track down the show. So when I put up the notes on the podcast, I will put the dates of the shows. Let's uh, let's go back to Oakland, and uh, we'll have a jumpin', jammin' Uncle John's band and a, and a slow and beautiful Stella Blue. Perfect. And, and then we'll be back.
Well, back from Oakland Coliseum and getting to hear some Stella Blue and Uncle John's band. And, you know, I just have a couple questions. I saw you over the years, and when I saw you in San Francisco, it wasn't a full, it was, it was more of an apron. And I was always wondering, did it go through different incarnations? Was there, you know, different seasons and different outfits? Like, how did that happen? Uh, well, it, it grew from the tiny little six by six inch bear thing that got me into the first Ico parade for Mardi Gras in 87 uh, to probably 92 or so when it was a full-fledged furry bear outfit with even a, a hat, a suit with arms and the problem was it was really hot. I was just gonna say did you wear that in the summertime? Like what about Cal Expo? Did you go out there? I went to Cal Expo but the hottest thing was just climbing to the top of Oakland Coliseum, trudging up 50 steps or something way up high, and all the heat is up there. Yeah. And so I started to um, simplify things. And so uh, the arms went first and the hat, and then it's just what you see is kind of uh, the apron in the front with the bear, and then uh, the ball. In the ball. Well, when I saw you, it was it made me think because you know I think everybody when you think about like your childhood and your memories and and things that you did and places that you went, you know, 
they're so big in your memories. They're so meaningful to you. So when I met you and I looked at the picture that I had of, of us together, I always wondered, was it really a full bear costume or did I just imagine that whole thing? You know, was it like, was it always just an apron or was it this full costume? Because in my memory, I remember the full costume. And so I've been wanting to ask you that. Yeah, no, it got since. simplified over years and people would all... You know, tease me about it. Where's the rest of the outfit? What you know? How come you didn't bring it? All that kind of stuff. Got it. Well, I thought it was just all in my imagination. I I put it on myself when I just saw the apron, and I yeah. thought, wow, I must have been on some pretty good stuff back there in the '80s and '90s, because I imagine a whole bear suit. Now I'm just seeing the apron. Well, in fact, at this latest Dead and Company shows, it was just the ball. It was just the ball. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, you know, hey, just got to like simplify as we go on. And uh, I don't, I'm just so grateful to get to see you. So it makes me happy. So when we were going through stories and songs. You had one other story that you wanted to share, but it was a, a private story. Excuse me. It doesn't have a recording to go on it. So, you know, tell us a little bit about that. I go to the Rainbow Gathering every year, which is a gathering of mostly... Uh, Hippies in the Woods. It's in a different national forest every year. And one of those regular hippies that shows up there is John Kay. And um, he often comes to our particular camp called Love and Ovens. And um, we have a nice little venue for playing music around the campfires. And so um, this past July, got to play a few songs with John. And in particular, one that was fun. Uh, was an Al- a nice version of Althea that we did together. Mm. And I have a photograph of us playing, but uh, no recordings. Mm. But, uh, you know, safe to say that uh, the Grateful Dead songs were resounding happily through the woods uh, this last month. Um, it's uh, It's definitely... I mean, I think it's alive in the ether, and it's alive to know that it's, you know, rippling through all the, everyone's life. So I had one other thing I wanted to ask you about. We started off the conversation talking about Palo Alto, and uh, we talked about, you know, the band starting here and, and home. But really more specifically, I mean, you have the coolest place here in Palo Alto, which is beyond uncommon in, you know, today's 2017 Silicon Valley. So I just want you to tell it a little a little bit about you know what you got going on. Um, I rent some houses, which are called the dead houses, mostly to Stanford students. And uh, each of the houses, there's about seven of them here that have different names, like Touch of Grey and Cassidy and uh, Barlow's Choice, Dark Hollow, China Cat Sunflower. And um, we have a nice life community here and uh, meals in the evenings together and. Um, some folk songs, stuff like that. Uh, but it, it's uh, just something that evolved over time. I had some money from my electronics business and uh, just bought houses and filled it with like-minded people. I think it's really special, and I feel really, really honored to be here. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, we started off talking about the songs and we kind of went right in and we glossed over Ico. And Ico was the very first song from the Mardi Gras from uh, Oakland Coliseum early days. So uh, in going full circle, I'm going to close this out with the first song that Wavy Gravy plucked you out of the crowd and uh, and made it made it happen. So let's go in and hear some Ico and uh, and thank you very much. It was a pleasure hearing your story and uh, an honor getting to share it with uh, with uh, all all of you listeners out there. Thank you again. Okay, bye.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.